Hey Westside family, my name is Eric Johnson and I serve on the production team. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. Love you guys and enjoy. Why don't you give the Lord a great big hand clap? How about it, will you? Yeah. Woo! Amen. Turn around, look at somebody and say, hey, you look a lot better than I do. All right. Amen. Don't you love the presence of the Lord? Okay. That was kind of anemic where I come from. Don't you love the presence of the Lord? That's a little bit better. Amen. Now, if I've never, uh, I think a couple of times I've been able to minister to you. And so let me just say this up front, all right, to get this thing rolling. Uh, I, I kind of have a, a thing about me. I'm used to people amening when I preach. I really am. All right. I have preached all over the nation, many parts of the world. And uh, I, I'm used to response, okay? And we're kind of in a time now to where people just kind of sit and look at you and evaluate you and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to just kind of help you out a little bit. If you want this message to be a little less short, all right, then uh, maybe it should be, you're going to have to say amen. If you, all right, that got him, didn't it? That got him. If you don't amen me, I amen myself, and it takes twice as long to get her done. All right, so I just think we need affirmation of the Word of God, don't you? Yeah, and so uh, don't, don't be embarrassed. You say, well, I'm, I'm not used to doing that. Well, there's some things you need to get used to sometimes, and so let's just uh, let's honor the Word of God. Now, Jonathan, in, in a subtle way, gave me a time limit in a subtle way, okay? And th this is one of the only times that the Father submits or th to the Son. It's when the son is the pastor, all right? And so I'm, I'm going to submit to him, and then when I get to his time limit, I'm going to be the father, and I'm going to take what I want. Amen. Hallelujah. But no, I want to share some word with you. But before I do that, this really correlates with what he said a little bit earlier. I preface most sermons uh, in conferences and camp meetings by reminding people of what the psalmist said over in 107 and 20. And he said this, he sent his word and healed them. Mm-hmm and delivered them from their destruction. Now, I like that. You say, well, uh, what does that mean, or, or how does that apply to us? This is what it means. Now, now I believe in the laying on of hands and all of that. The Bible says do it. But I'm at the position or the place that I believe that when the Word of God is being preached, you can get a miracle. I believe that when the Word of God is going forward, you can be delivered from your destructions. I don't believe that I have to touch you. I don't believe that anybody around you has to lay a hand on you. I believe Jesus, as pastor, has already said, has already taken care of your healing. And as his word goes forward, I believe you can be healed sitting right where you are. You say, have you ever seen that? Yes, I have. Last Sunday, 
A man that walked into the building not feeling too well testified at the end of it. I was so sick when I came here. No one laid a hand on him, but the Word of God moved in that house, and he walked out a healed man. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying to you today, as this Word goes forward, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're faced with. The power of God is unlimited when His Word is going forward. I'm a firm believer and standing on God's Word. I'm a firm believer in looking anybody in the eye and saying, I'm a literalist. I take God's Word at its value. If He says He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then I believe that what He did then, He will do right now. If He said He was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities that I believe it's mine right now. I believe what God's Word says. If you do, shout hallelujah. All right, all right. So I, wanted, I, I just wanted to remind you of that particular Scripture, that the Word of God as it goes forward. Uh, uh, I, I'm six foot tall. This is not going to work. Hallelujah. Amen. Would you, would you pull it up a little bit? I feel like I could get down like this. All right. Amen. Where'd you go? Oh, there you are. All right. Amen. Oh, you got me on a time limit, bud. You're taking my time away from me. Let's get Amen. All right. Amen. All right. It won't go up higher. Well, leave it alone then. I, I like I like the size of it. You can be seated. You ain't gonna hurt your back. I try not to. I may have to get down like this. It'll work. It's a pad. I can make the words bigger. All right. Today I'm going to minister to you a sermon that I was supposed to have ministered at our church last Sunday, but the Holy Spirit decided He wanted to do things differently. And he did. And so I, uh, I didn't get to preach it. And when Jonathan asked me about this morning, I said, hey, I got one ready. All right. And that I did not get to cover last week. I'll do it another time there. But I want to minister on the subject, God has been good to me. Woo-woo. Amen. Look at somebody and say, God has been good to me. All right. Now look at somebody else. And say, God has been good to me. Amen. I could say that over and over and over again. Because God has been good to me. Open your Bibles if you have it on your pad, your Bible, or I, it'll be up on the screen. Psalms 136, 1 through 3. Very familiar verse of Scripture. Oh, give thanks. Under the Lord. And here's, I like this. For he is good. Amen. Can I get another amen? He is good. And his mercy, or for his mercy, endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the, unto the God of gods. For his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. 
for his mercy endureth forever. You have no doubt heard that verse quoted. You may have even heard it preached on. And sometimes we can hear something so many times until we don't pay attention to the depth of what has been said. So before I take you into the content of the sermon, I want you to notice this word, and I want you to notice this word, all right? And uh, there, there's another one in there that I want you to take note of that's not highlighted, it doesn't look like, and that's my fault. But I want you to notice those words to where you will really understand why I'm preaching what I'm preaching. You'll get it with this. You see, if you look at it, the word good, and most of us, if someone said define good, you lay it out there and tell them what good means to you. But I become interested in word study many years ago, and I found out that as I study individual words, that in depth of meaning begins to come from a simple word. That word good means morally excellent. Now understand what's being said here. It's said that God or the Lord is good. So he has defined the Lord. And he said he's good. Well, what did he say? He said that the Lord is morally excellent. He said that the Lord is virtuous. He said that the Lord is righteous and pious. Then he said that the Lord is satisfactory in quality, in quantity, and or degree of high quality. The Lord is excellent. Are you getting what I'm saying here? So you see, God is not ordinary. God is extraordinary. And all of this, when you really get to thinking about the God that you're serving, and you really note what the psalmist has said, when he said God is good, we'll just kind of move it around a little bit. And we'll say God is an excellent God. And the quality of the God that I serve is very satisfactory. I have no qualms about saying uh, there is no God uh, like my God. There is no power like his power. There is no glory like his glory. My Lord is good. Amen. It didn't stop there. He defined the Lord, but then he got to talking about the attributes of God. For he said his mercy, mercy, like that word mercy. That word mercy defined is forgiveness, <laughs> which you turn it into common vernacular. The word mercy means God not giving you what you deserve. That's mercy. If God gave everybody in this house what we deserve, we'd all be in trouble. But mercy is God not looking at you and seeing you lost. God looks at you and sees you saved. God does not look at you any longer and see you 
bound, but God sees you free. Let me tell you something, church. We need to understand that God loved us as much when we were lost as he loves us now that we are found. Because he gave his son while we were lost that we could be found. And so I think that you can say praise the Lord that his mercy, his forgiveness, him not giving us what we deserve is worthy of our praise. Can you shout hallelujah and give him some glory? Now, 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 look at this, and then we're going to move away from the word study. All right? But I, I, I just love this. I love the content of what verses say, what they really say. But you, but, but you look at the word endureth. Simple definition. It means that God's mercy remains. Amen. What, how does that apply? It means his mercy is always going to be with you. His mercy is always going to be upon you. Doesn't matter how many mistakes you make. Doesn't matter how far you slip. God's mercy is always going to be there. It remains. It doesn't matter if some people try to set God in a box and some people start saying God doesn't do this and God doesn't do that any longer. I've got news for you. God's mercy will remain. It does not matter what you're faced with in this hellish world. His mercy endureth forever. There is no limit. There is no time limit. It'll always be here. And I give God the glory. A matter of fact, there was one psalmist that said, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I don't, oh my God, got to watch myself. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need God's goodness. And sometimes I need God's mercy. And if I look behind me, I'm going to find the goodness of God and the mercy of God and it will always remain. Hallelujah! I'm telling you what, some of y'all better be thankful it does. I'll guarantee you there's probably a scuzz bucket or two in here. Wasn't for God's mercy, you'd be up a creek. I should have had some amens there. Y'all know one another a whole lot better than I do. All right. But no, we all need to understand. Okay, okay. Now, if you're timing me, that wasn't a part of the sermon. All right. That, that just got added real quick like. But I want you to get the content of, of that particular verse. Let's pray. Father, I can't say enough how much I love you. I can't say enough how much I'm thankful for you. You've been so good to me. And, Lord, I thank you for that goodness. You've been to me, good to me physically. You've been good to me soulishly. And you've been good to me spiritually. And I thank you for it. And, Lord, I'm praising you today that I can say without reservation that you've been good to me. But, Lord, I, I'm asking you now that that anointing that I depend on so much we we'll move in this house today continually 
as it already has. Don't let anybody walk out of here without any doubt that you're a good God. No matter what they're going through and no matter what they're faced with, help them to understand how good you are. And help them not only to understand it, but help them to, be, to give you glory and honor and praise for it. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Let me, let me do a little side note here. I was the, the uh, well, there was a brother that got saved in our family. And uh, he invited us to a little Assembly of God church in Phoenix City, Alabama. And we went, my mother, older brother, and I. And all three of us gave our heart to God that night. And so there ended up four of us. They all backslid within just a, a quick amount of time. And I remained in service to God. I knew as a kid that I was going to be a preacher and I was not raised in a church family. At six and seven years old, I'd stand up on a, a, a concrete pillar in our, on our front porch and I'd preach to my brother and sister with no church background whatsoever. So I knew it was just there. And the Lord, he saved me as a 13-year-old kid, called me to preach at the latter part of my 13th year, preached my first message when I was 14. All right, a lot of stuff happened between 14 and 16. Mom and dad divorced, and I end up becoming the breadwinner for the family for a little while there. And uh, I kind of pulled back a little bit because of a move from one state to another, but yet got pulled right back into God's presence. The Lord, and, and I, I want to make this real short, but I have a reason. Uh, the Lord began to deal with me so strongly, and he let me know through a vision that I was going to see my family saved. And so at 18 years old, he put me on the road into full-time ministry. And I have been doing it now uh, ever since then, just a few years. But nonetheless, I have been doing what I do. I was in Pomona, California, uh, 19 years old, 20 years old, at the Pentecostal Holiness Church preaching. I'd finished the sermon, and this had never happened. I was slain in the Spirit on the platform as the altar call was going on around me. And as I'm laying there and God is speaking to me, a dear saint come up. I, didn't, I, I was just gone, but I could understand. It was a prophetic word, and she leaned over, and she whispered in my ear and said, God told me to tell you, while you're traveling the nation preaching, and getting other family members saved and other families, I'm going to give you your family. I am going to save your sister, your brothers, your mother. And I took that as a prophetic word from God. A year later, I think, I was preaching a crusade down in South Alabama. My sister in my meeting gave her heart to God. A little bit later, a brother gave his heart to God. A little bit later, my mother gave her heart to God. Hallelujah. And so I start, go ahead. I thank God. You see, God's been good to me. And so each family member started getting saved. And then down through the years, God began to deal with my family. And today, and the reason I'm saying this, you'll understand. Today, there are 17 preachers 
and J.C. and Wanda Rhodes' family that comes from that root of what God said. Can you say praise the Lord? <laughs> Why am I saying that? Because my son is your pastor, his daughter, and, his, and her husband, and, and, and of course, Lorana. Hallelujah. They are a part of that now. Really, it goes beyond 17. They are a part of that promise God gave me as a 19-year-old. Can you understand why I'm standing here today and saying God has been good to me, and there is no doubt about it. Seeing, seeing Emerald up here leading worship was a tremendous, tremendous blessing. And, and, and God has just been good. As a child of God, I acknowledge without reservation that I have what I have. I am blessed with what I'm blessed with, not because of great talents, not because of great abilities, or not even because I deserve it. I am blessed because of God's goodness and God's mercy. There's no part of me that could say, God, you owe me. God doesn't owe me anything. God has been good to me. And I have thought of that throughout this Thanksgiving season of just how good God is. I picked up some quotes from David Jeremiah's book, captured by faith that I want to share with you to maybe remind you of why you should have this same feeling that God has been good. Brother Jeremiah said this. He said, if you have just one Bible, you are abundantly blessed. Most people in the world do not. He said, if you awoke this morning more healthy than if you than ill, you are more blessed than one million people who will not survive the week. He said, if you've never experienced the danger of battle, the loneliness of imprisonment, the agony of torture, or the pains of starvation, you are ahead of more than 500 million people around the world today. He said, if you have food in your refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, and a place to sleep, you are richer than 75% of the world's population. If you have money in the bank, in your wallet, spare change in a dish somewhere, you are among the top 8% of the world's wealthy. If you prayed yesterday and today, you are in the minority because you believe in God's willingness to hear and answer prayer. If you have the ability to choose between churches where you may freely worship, you have a blessing many people 
of the world do not have. Last but not least, he said, if you are a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, you live with the daily assurance that you will have eternal life and that your Savior has gone to prepare a mansion for you in glory. Millions of people believe that this sad life is all there is. Can you say, God has been good to me? Hallelujah. God has been good. Can you shout hallelujah? Amen. After reading all of that from Pastor Jeremiah, I thought, how can I not in this Thanksgiving season say God has been good to me? When they're screaming in Washington, do away with Thanksgiving. When they're screaming through the news and through the paper, do away with with thanksgiving they don't really understand what thanksgiving is all about it's not in my heart so much about the pilgrim it's not so much about columbus what i am thankful for is i still believe that god blesses america and i am thankful for those blessings upon our great nation today say hallelujah God has been good to me. And what I'm going to do for just a few more moments is to remind you even more of why I say that God has been good. Now, I will have to uh, just simply say that a lot of what I'm going to cover is not going to be new. It's something that you've heard. It's something that you've studied. But every now and then, I believe we need to be reminded of what God has done for us. Ever now and then, someone needs to shake us and wake us and say, this is why you need to be praising God. God has been good to me. And why do I say it? Because he is my redeemer. <laughs> say hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is my Redeemer. Titus 2 and 13, 14, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all, everybody say all, from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. The word peculiar is not an oddball. The word peculiar is something that belongs to a specific person or place. And folks, I want you to know I belong to God. Hallelujah. He is my God. Jesus is my Lord. He is my Redeemer. I, wa 
I was lost, but now I'm free. I was bound, but now I, oh my God, I got free. I was sick, but I've been healed. I was hopeless, but I have hope. I was going to hell, but I'm going to heaven. I'm here to tell you, God is God, and he has been good to me. I like the definition of that word hope there. The word hope means to trust in. Everyone say trust in. It means to wait for, to look for, or to desire something or someone or to expect something beneficial in the future. Amen. I have hope in my Redeemer. I have hope in the future. I have hope in tomorrow. Oh, I know there's junk going on. I know if a demon in hell is crawling out of hell to try to destroy our faith in God, but my hope is not in government. My hope is not in politics. My hope is not in preachers. My hope is not in denomination. My hope is in my Redeemer. My hope is in my Lord and I stand with faith in him today the word redeemer redeemed by payment of a price to recover from the power of another to ransom you're sitting here today and you're saved only by one reason the blood of Jesus Christ the blood on that cross flowed down that cross hit the cursed earth Broke the power of the curse upon you. Redeemed you from the powers of sin and sinning. Satan has no authority over you. And Satan has no authority over your family. Let me tell you something, church. Don't know how you believe it, but I believe there was a curse on my family. It was the curse of alcoholism. It was a curse of profanity and adultery. But when the blood of Jesus got a hold of that 13-year-old boy and saved me and turned my life around, the blood of Jesus broke the power of that curse and no longer does hell have any control no longer does the demons of my family's past have any authority to rule me why it's simple from an old song what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of G are you hearing me I once was lost but now I'm found shout a hallelujah because he's God Woo! I'm trying to stay calm but it's not working when I get to thinking what he brought me out of I can't be quiet about it. The blood washed away my sins. He paid for me. I'm redeemed, folks. I'm redeemed and I'm thankful. I I, got to go on. I've got one more minute in his time. Hallelujah. All right. All right. Does he really let y'all out at 1130? Uh, uh, 
Oh, you tried to. Does it work? I didn't think so. He's a Rhodes, and I know. All right. Hallelujah. All right. No, no. <laughs> no disrespect to the pastor. All right. But, amen. Not only is he my redeemer, he's my savior. Woo whoop. Can I get some woo whoops? All right. Hey, that was drawn out. I did it double. All right. It's whoop whoop. All right. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's my Savior. For God have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Shout hallelujah. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't have time to teach on all of this, but, 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 but let me tell you something. God didn't give me a spirit of fear. He gave me the spirit of power, the spirit of of love, the spirit of a sound mind. Are you getting that? Hallelujah. In other words, what the spirit is the eternal part of us. All right, if you get into the Holy Spirit, of course, you get into the spirit of man, Adam sinned, that part died. But when Jesus shed his blood, I surrendered my heart. That part of me was brought back alive. And now I am spiritual within myself. I'm full of the Holy Ghost power of God. Why? Because I have a Savior. And that Savior brought me out of nothing, made me into something. And I know that I'm still saved today by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Woo! <laughs> walk in the spirit of, of, of love and walk in the spirit of, of a sound mind. There, Never, never. I've been doing this now for 57 years full time. Don't go to adding up. All right. 57 years. I have been a pastor where we're now located for 32 years, my wife and I. All right. Oh, all right, baby. Stand up where people can see you. Okay. Y'all don't really, you know, I do all this. You don't get up here in these meetings. I want you to see my sweet wife of 49 years. Hallelujah. Well, you sure didn't stay up very long. Amen. 49 years. We went, they took us to a theater thing last night and they asked about anniversaries. And uh, of course, we had to raise our hand. Our anniversary was on the 11th. And, and I said, 49 years. She said, What do you contribute the longevity to? And I said, Because I made up my mind, I'm going to tell her I love her every day. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If I'd have been brave enough, I'd have had a second part. And I would have said, well, I learned a long time ago to say yes. All right? That's the longevity part. No, no. We need to understand he is our Savior. He has delivered us. Amen. Now, be, oh, oh, let me go back. All of these years, I have never seen the assault of the emotional part of man with anxiety and depression and suppression like I'm seeing it now. I've never seen it at the level that I'm seeing it today. But what I find here, that because of this Savior, <laughs> I don't have to operate in a spirit of fear. Most fear 
does not come from the present. It comes from the past. It comes from what was. We do not relate it to what is. But let me tell you something. I am not afraid of what I was. I'm not afraid of what I used to do. I'm not covered by fear by what used to bind me, folks. Uh, no siree. My, my anxiety, depression, if I had any, is not going to come because of my past. Why? Because all things have passed away. All things have become new. I am now free through the blood of Jesus Christ. All right, got to, got to, got to, got to, got to move on. Be not, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord of me, His prisoner but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of Almighty God. Can you shout hallelujah? He is my Savior. He is my Savior. All right. The next, it, it should have another part to that verse. I don't want to leave it out. Next part. Who have saved us and called us, amen, with a holy calling, not according to, the, to our works, amen, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of what? Of our what? Our what? Say it one more time. Our Savior. Glory to God who is Jesus Christ. Uh, Buddha, it's not my Savior. Mohammed, it's not my Savior. Religion, it's not my Savior. Denomination, it's not my Savior. I was saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and he was, he is, and he always will be. And I know that as a fact. Hallelujah. I, 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 I don't have time to go over all this. The word Savior means to save, to keep saved. Say hallelujah. The word Savior means sound. All right. To rescue from danger, destruction, from injury, or peril. I, 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 I need a lot of time. All right. But, but what this means is I don't have to walk around in fear over diseases or poverty or trials. He saved me from all of that. He saved me. And when the enemy tries to put it on me, he's given me the power to walk free from it because he said, I sent my word to heal you, <laughs> to deliver you from your destruction. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? See, we, we, we sometimes... We say he saved me, but do we really understand what we're saying? Do we ever get into the depth of what is being said? I really think if we do, then we wouldn't live in the fear of yesterday or the fear of today or of the fear of tomorrow. If we ever come to the true understanding of who it is we serve. Yes, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yes, he is going to come back. Amen. But between now and then, I need the strength of my Savior. I need the strength of my Deliverer. I need to understand what is being said to me. I'm beyond someone just saying a bunch of, a bunch of pretty words to make me feel good. I want to know what it means. I want the depth of what God 
is saying to me now. And so he said, he's my Savior. And, and, and if time allowed, I'd get in, I would break this down, but I'm not going to. Let's go on to the next one. He not only is my Savior, he is my healer. Can you say hallelujah? See, I told you, I'm basically reminding you of things that you already know things that you've already heard preached. But I felt like in this Thanksgiving season that we as a church need to be reminded of who we are because we have been under assault for almost two years at a level I've never seen it in all of these years of ministry. COVID affected our church big time. We had to shut down for three months. Then we had to shut down for two weeks. We lost 40% of our congregation in that first three-month shutdown. Started back up. It started coming back up. Had to shut down two more weeks. Lost that 40% again, and they've never come back. But what God has done is new people are starting to come in, and people are starting to get saved. What am I saying? We have been under assault going on over and over and over again. But let me tell you something, folks. It doesn't matter what the assault is. I have a healer who his own self bear our sins in his own body and on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto right standing with God by whose stripes and I like this by whose stripes you were healed in other words what I need has already been taken care of whatever comes tomorrow he's already taken care of it whatever you're facing tomorrow Jesus has got you covered he's your healer healer does not deal just with my physical it deals with my soulish man it deals with my spiritual man. I, I love the fact that I know I have been covered by the Lord Jesus Christ and God has been good to me. He's just been good to me. Amen. Thank you. Quick learners. All right, hallelujah. He's just been good to me. The word healer defined so simple. One that makes whole. One that makes whole. Are you whole today? Is there any part of you that hadn't been fixed? Is there any part of you that's broken? Is there any part? I, I was so blessed by those that are witnessing restoration of family. The primary assault and weapon of Satan is to fragment the family. Amen. You know why? Because that's the first true creation of God of human form was Adam. And then God said he needs somebody to help him. And he gave him a wife. Family was created. And the devil has hated family ever since. And so he is out. So when you start talking about the restoration of family, it blesses my heart tremendously. So healing as a healer is not just physical healing. It's also emotional or your soulish man, your spirit man. And by his stripes we were. Look at somebody and say, that's your yesterday. Tell someone, that's your yesterday. 
He healed you yesterday. He covered you for whatever you're going to go through today. And then another one, not only is he my healer, he is my baptizer. Everybody say baptizer. Say it one more time. Can you do it just one more time? Yeah, yeah, I like I, I love to hear people. He's my baptizer. And John answered and said unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but 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 one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you <laughs> with the Holy Ghost. And I like this this next part. We don't preach about it too much. But the fire, you say, why don't people preach about it too much? Because fire, you get on fire, God's going to burn some junk out of you. Amen. Look at somebody and say, I can tell by looking at you, you need some burning. Amen. God, God going to burn some junk out of you, you see. Fire is a purifying element. Are you getting this? So, so basically, he said, God's going to baptize you. Amen. With Holy Ghost. And with fire, word baptize, I'm sure you know, is from the word baptismo. And that word simply defined is to be totally suffused. In other words, God said, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost, third person of the Godhead. I'm not going to baptize your finger. I'm not going to baptize your feet. I'm not going to baptize your leg. God said, I'm going to. I'm going to totally suffuse you. Every part of you is going to be full of my power. Every part of you is going to be full of my presence. Every part of you is going to be inundated by who I am. And I don't know about you folks, but the Holy Ghost is not just doing a jig every now and then. The Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost on Sunday and the Holy Ghost on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And when the devil rises up on my job. That Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost uh, to give me victory in the face of hell because I am full uh, from my head to my toe. That's what that book said. Give the Lord a hand clap because you're full. Woo-woo. Look at somebody and say, you're full of it. The Holy Ghost. Now say Holy Ghost. All right. You don't want to get slapped. All right. He said, totally suffused. Uh, I've had the Holy Ghost since I was 14. Didn't know a thing about what I was getting. How could you at 14? But as I, uh, down through the years, I've come to that understanding of, of how much I need Him. The Holy Ghost is the person. The anointing is the personality. And I need that alive on the inside of me. And he said, you're going to be baptized with that. You're going to be totally suffused. Not a part of your life that's not going to be filled with my presence. Not a part of you. When you go to bed, I'm going to be there. When you get up in the morning, I'll be there. When you go through a battle, that Holy Ghost is going to be there. He is God's creative agent. He is God's divine inspiration. He is God's revelation. He has a language of his own. And when he begins to... To, to talk. Oh, oh, my God. He begins to talk. Amen. And you begin to relate to that conversation. According to the writings of Paul, that Holy Ghost language edifies you and builds you up. I, I'm a tongue talker. I pray more in 
tongues than I do in English. And let me tell you something. When I come out of one of them prayer meetings, no devil better get around me then. Hallelujah. Because I know that I know that I'm ready. I'm ready to face whatever comes. Amen. Hallelujah. Folks, you, you, you get totally suffused in God. It's not a Sunday morning jig. Amen. You'll feel that same power right out on the street. Amen. Hallelujah. I come out of a prayer meeting one time. I was a talking, doing a lot of tongue talking, felt a lot of God. Had to go to the mall. If I've shared this before, bear with me. I'm, 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 I'm not old. I'm just getting older. Hallelujah. So if I've shared it, I forgot it, going to do it again. Come out of that prayer meeting, went into the mall. I'm not a, shop, a shopper. My, 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 my sweet wife has a degree in shopping. We don't need both to have that degree. Hallelujah. When we go shopping together, first thing I look for is a chair. Amen. You relate to that one, can't you? All right. But nonetheless, I I come out of that prayer meeting. I'm still praying in tongues. Get in my car. Go to the mall. I'm walking down through the mall. I'm not really cognizant of what's going on around me too much. But then I I, kind of notice that as I'm walking down through there, people are looking at me and smiling. All right. And, and of course, when you're walking somewhere and, and, and people are smiling at you, you start wondering, what's wrong with me? Hallelujah, I'm about to do somehow. All right, I wonder what in the world's going on, you know, and, and they're just smiling, kind of waving. And, and I'm like, what, what, what's going on here? And then I caught myself, I realized I was talking in tongues. I'm, I'm still praying in the Spirit as I'm walking through that mall, and they're smiling at me. I thought, hmm, that's kind of weird. All right, <laughs> amen. Then it dawned on me, they thought I was a foreigner. Hallelujah. And so they're smiling and waving because they're being nice. And they thought I was a foreigner. And then I almost had church in the mall. I got to thinking, I am a foreigner. Amen. I'm a stranger in this world. I'm bound for the city whose builder and maker is God. This is not my home, but I'm headed there. I said I'm headed there. I've seen that city whose builder and maker is God. God, and I'm headed there. I'm headed there. I'm headed there. Totally, totally baptized to dip repeatedly, to immerse, to submerge. Back to the tongue. You see, tongue edifies you. Tongues build you up. There's basically three objective reasonings for tongues, three things that it does. Don't have time to get into all of it, but just, just to give you this part. Folks, you need to be edified sometimes. You need to be built up. And it's nice that people will come along and compliment you and pat you on the back and say, I'm praying for you. And I, 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 you know, I like that. I have the tendency to be an introvert, so it's not something I have to have. But it's nice. But I found out something when I'm going through my strongest, hardest battles. If I can just get in that place to where it's just me and him. And start talking in that language. It's God's language given to the church for the edification of the individual. I come out stronger than I was when I went in. Are y'all getting me? Are, are, are you getting me? Huh? You see, so, so that's to be baptized, totally suffused, inundated. But the simplistic definition, to dip repeatedly, to immerse. All right. To, all right. Now, there, there's more than one part of that, and I'm, I'm going to move. But to cleanse by dipping or submerging, to wash. And I, li- I, li- I like those next two words, to overwhelm. Have you ever been so much in God's presence that you were overwhelmed? You were just overwhelmed. 
not a thing around you was relatable. It was all, that's the spirit that he's drawing us into today. Amen. God has been giving us so many prophetic words at Messenger. That was a part of Sunday morning service. It was a continual prophetic utterance that went on for I don't know how long. And God reminding us and telling us what he's going to do and what's going to happen. No sensationalism there. We're not a church that moves into the latest fad or fashion that is coming down the religious pike. It was just a prophetic utterance that went on and on and on and on and on. But the Spirit is giving the directives to pull us from where we are and where he wants us to be. That is to be overwhelmed. You see, we need to be reminded, whether you call yourself a Pentecostal, a full gospel, a charismatic, all right, it doesn't really matter to me. Because you know what? God never checks the door. He could care less if you're Baptist, Methodist. He doesn't really care. All God wants is a surrendered heart that is obedient to who he is and someone that will embrace the fullness of not only who but what he is. Are y'all getting this? Amen. See, to be overwhelmed, that's what, uh, what, what, what to be baptized in that spirit means. And, and, and I give you, hang with me, hang with me, hang with me. Just two more. He's my supplier. Say hallelujah. Say it one more time. All right, he is my supplier. This verse of scripture has been quoted so, so very, very many times. My God shall, everybody say shall. Not my, not may, shall. My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by, that's an important word there, by, by Christ Jesus, Philippians 4 and 19. The word supply means to fill up. Everybody say, to fill up. In other words, Jesus will fill you up with whatever you have need of. You see, that's why I'm thankful. God has done some miraculous things for me in, in, in the ministry down through the years. He's, I've seen him literally, um, and, and a lot of people don't believe these kind of things. Uh, I was in, we was in a store in Atlanta, Georgia, and back then, when, back then in ministry, you didn't go to the main rack. You went to the sale rack. All right, and so we was in the basement of a department store where we were needing some shirts, and we didn't. We uh, looked at the price of the shirts and didn't have enough money to buy them. And my my mentor coworker he took care of that part of it, and and he counted it out, and he said, "This is what we have. This is how much the shirts are." And um, and, and something in me said, "Well, count it again." And he counted it again, and the second time he counted it, it was more than it was the first time, and uh, still not enough. I said count it again and he counted it again and the third time it was more than it was the second time and but it still wasn't enough I said count it again and he counted it again and the fourth time it was more than it was the third time and the fourth time it was enough to buy the shirts God said I will supply your need we needed those shirts we didn't just want them we needed them my only mistake was I didn't have him to keep counting. All right. I should have. Hey, let's do that one more time. All right. But no, God didn't tell me he'd give me what I want. Amen. He did say he'd give me the desires of my heart. But let me tell you about that part of that. I just know you want to know. Amen. 
the desires of the heart has to line up with the word. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and I'll add the stuff you need to you, you see. From the heart, if the heart is in tune with God as it should be, you're going to seek kingdom first before you seek stuff. Can I get an amen with that? Amen. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hallelujah. So he is my supplier. I love the definition of supply to fill up. I, I want to be full of God's presence. I want to be full of God's anointing. And then I'm giving you this. Not only is he my supplier, not only is he my savior, my healer, my baptizer, he is my hope. He's my hope. Everybody say, he's my hope. Paul, over or speaking to Timothy, his son in the Lord, in one in one of First Timothy said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. All right, our hope. Now, I, I could really teach on hope and make it a, a series, but just very quickly, hope defined is an expectation of good. Amen? And ex in other words, you expect good to come to you. You expect good to come to your children. You expect good to come in your life. This is what I've said often. Expectation is the foundation of faith. Amen. Before there's the fruit of faith, there is the expectation of it. You expect God to do what he said he would do, and you stand in faith that through Jesus Christ, it is going to come, and God is going to do it. Hope is to trust in, to wait for, to look for, desire something or someone to expect something beneficial in the future. All right, now, 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 I wanted to close with that particular reason for being thankful is hope. Hope has been robbed. In a, from a lot of people's lives. We're looking around us, and I've heard this. I don't think it could get any worse. I don't think things could, could, could ever get any worse. And people are losing their hope all across our great nation today. Uh, and, and there's various reasons in the secular side of it or the carnal side of it. But, folks, when it comes to God, there's no excuse to lose hope. He's already did what needs to be done to get us through. He's already created what needs to be created for us to be successful. You see, God does not create losers, but Christians become losers because of their lack of believing in what the Word of God said. Hear what I'm going to tell you. All right? You are not predestined to be a loser. You are predestined to be a winner. You are to have hope because your hope, your faith, your confidence is not in this world. My expectation does not come by the laws that are made in the Senate or in the House of Representatives. My hope is in the Lord. He told me a long time ago, if you will keep your 
faith in me. You will never go hungry. You will never do without bread. Folks, let me tell you something. When you do what I do, as long as I've done it, you will go through some, some little rough times. But I'm here to tell you, I never lost a meal. I've never had to pull a car over by the road because I didn't have money to buy the gas. I have had him to add gas to the tank uh, when I was on the backside of nowhere about to give out. And God, God took care of what my need was. But I'm here to tell you, he gave me a promise a long time ago. You do what I've called you to do, and I'll do my part. Uh, my hope is in the Lord. Uh, as you sit here today at the end of this Thanksgiving week, uh, don't you dare forget to, to give God glory because he brought you out of nothing and he made something out of you today. This morning he tagged on something. It's not going to be on the screen for the past several weeks in our own church as I'm going and looking early in the morning at the notes and but I feel like God is going to have me to say he throws in something to fit that particular service. And this morning in my early morning time, I call it my father time. I love early morning. This, this, this is so simple, but I feel like I need to leave it with you. No matter how dark things seem to be around us. We have hope that we will find our way out. Amen. Then, when that came into my heart, he reminded me of John one in one, and I could quote a lot of it, but I want to read it. You've heard it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made in him was life the life was the light of men here 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 and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it I, I, I looked over in the notes of that verse in this particular Bible that, that is my personal use Bible. And I looked and I saw where that word comprehend is also translated the word mm -mm -mm, overcome. <laughs> I have myself a time right there. The darkness of what is going on around us will not overcome the light.
is the light. Jesus. So what am I saying? Keep hope. Keep hope. There's no darkness that will overcome Jesus. Diagnosis with cancer, sugar diabetes, heart condition. You're going through demonic depression, oppression, suppression. That's darkness. But none of it can overcome the light. None of it. You say, but the doctor told me. None of it can overcome the light. That's why he gave me those simple words. No matter how dark things seem to be around us, we have hope that we will find our way out because Jesus is the light of the world. Give the Lord a hand clap because that's what he is. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.